Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I'm joined with some very special guests today. First up, you know him, you love him, he's from the podcast Spoilers, Pappy. Hey, I'm going to be playing Pappy, and also Pappy, and also in the role of Pappy tonight, playing five different parts, so hopefully I can pull it off. Meet the Pappies. Beautiful. And also joining us for the very first time... Our very special celebrity guest, Ooh. you may know her from the Movie Nights channel, from Baywatching, or Obscurus Lupa, if you go way back in the day to the old school internet reviews, Allison Pregler. Hi! <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> really um, talking me up here. <laughs> Our channel is pretty small fries, Allison. So you're a big deal. Oh man, you got funny stuff though. If if people are listening that are uh, redirected here from my stuff, you should listen to some of the other uh, stuff they got going on. I listened to their uh, Kid and King Arthur's Palace podcast. It was really funny. Coming in with a big one, the Nutty Professor. Gotta get the big views. <laughs> Doesn't get Literally. any bigger or dumber, does it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's certainly big, and it is certainly dumb, this movie. I think we're going to have a lot to say about The Nutty Professor. But first, <laughs> I wanted to say some things about Eddie Murphy, because he's really not a guy that comes mm. up a lot on this podcast. We haven't done a lot of his movies. I don't foresee us doing a lot of his movies. We talked a little bit about him on Podcast Spoilers. We did an episode on Mulan with Pappy here. Um, but let's go over to you first, Allison. Do you like Eddie Murphy? Are there some memorable movies of his to you? Do you find some that are just like maybe so bad they're good or just bad? What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, Eddie Murphy is uh, the perfect example of the duality of man, right? <laughs> yeah. You got um, some really just sheer genius performances and you have some real stinkeroos. Um, I really grew up on the 90s Eddie Murphy when he started getting into more of the family features like Nutty Professor. It wasn't really that I sought out Eddie Murphy stuff. It's just there was a lot of Eddie Murphy stuff and stuff like Nutty Professor was on TV a lot. So that's really why I saw it most of the time. I saw a lot of his 80s ones later, but they were really good. Like um, Beverly Hills Cop is a really good movie. Uh, but then you have things like The Golden Child, which was he was just sleepwalking through. Um, or Pluto Nash, which is very similar to The Golden Child. <laughs> I liked uh, Dr. Doolittle. That was another one that was really fun. Similar to Nutty Professor, kind of a remake. Um, yeah. I do yeah. remember really liking that one a lot as well. I mean, Pluto Nash, I think, is like famously bad, right? Like that's like... Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's like even more bad than anything else he's done. It, it may be one of the worst. But I mean, he's got like he's still got good ones. It's just very uneven. Like which Eddie Murphy you're gonna get? Like um, he did that one, uh, the one about uh, Black Dynamite. Was that what it was? Oh, Dolomite. Dolomite. Why did oh, I mix yeah. up the name? Dolomite. That one was really good. Duality of Man, Oscar winner, and the Nutty Professor, Pluto Nash, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We may hate on the Nutty Professor very soon. But I remember The Nutty Professor being like a very well-beloved movie at the time. Maybe oh, not yeah. like mm -hmm. critically, right? But like... No, it was though. It was a yeah. huge success. It came out the same weekend as Independence Day. 
too and still made a buttload of money which is crazy to go up against that that is wild that was his his big comeback that made over a hundred million dollars in the box office this movie was huge and of course you mean his comeback from vampire in brooklyn which is also i think i think it's kind of like a storied movie in hollywood it has its own kind of like they could probably have a documentary about that one but suffice to say not very well beloved yeah vampire in brooklyn um had sort of some proto clump stuff going on in it coming to america was i think the first time that he really did like all the multi roles and stuff like that yeah. and that one was that's also a really good one that he did but then they tried the same thing in vampire in brooklyn and it's like maybe he shouldn't be doing this all the time but then by the time they got to nutty professor he's like hear me out what if i played a bunch of characters again <laughs> i can do it again this is gonna work out before i officially go over to pappy i'm gonna quickly give my answer about eddie murphy there's kind of a little known eddie murphy buddy cop movie that i remember really liking at the time called showtime it's eddie murphy and robert de niro buddy cop I saw that in theaters with my friend Jonathan, and I think it's mostly for that reason that I like that movie. Like, it was just kind of like a, a fun teen memory we had. It's like, oh, let's go see this movie. Ah, it was all right, I guess. But one that's, uh, I think, maybe even less talked about than that is a music video that he was in that I remember very well because I was a big Michael Jackson listener growing up. Remember the time. Was he in that? Eddie Murphy played the king in Remember the Time. Oh my gosh. You know, Michael Jackson used to have these like very long music videos. They were like short films, right? Everyone knows Thriller. Thriller's amazing. Amazing song, amazing music video. It even has Rick Baker doing special effects, who was also doing special effects here in The Nutty Professor. Yeah. But Remember the Time was uh, not a particularly great song, so maybe not one that warranted a music video, but Michael Jackson was pushing for that one. It had Eddie Murphy, you know, it was kind of the Egyptian vibe music video. It was okay for what it was. It wasn't exactly like some of his other celebrity guest music videos, like Wesley Snipes was in the original version of Bad, and the original version of Bad is like 15 minutes long. It's like way longer than the commonly aired version of that music video. Um, I just got done listening to a Michael Jackson podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're getting a lot of details spilling out here. Uh, also, Chris Tucker was in the um, You Rock My World music video. So, you know, Michael had a lot of celebrity guests, but Eddie Murphy wasn't one of them. Watch Remember the Time just to watch Eddie Murphy. It's kind of a fun throwback to 90s Michael Jackson era. But what about you, Pappy? Eddie Murphy, good or bad? Love or hate, whatever it is, man. Yeah, I don't. Does anybody really hate Eddie Murphy? Like, even you know, despite all the bad movies he's made, he's just kind of a likable dude, you know? I, I feel yeah. like people just. I feel like a lot of people who have met him probably don't like him. Well, yeah, that's. <laughs> he, he had quite an ego in the 80s. Don't supposedly. meet your heroes, yeah. And also had some trouble with the law, too, in the 90s, which people don't really talk about much anymore. Yeah. But. But, I, he, but he may have turned himself around. I don't know currently what he's like. But here's the thing about Eddie Murphy, right? Like, he's, like, got this amazing voice acting career. Oh, yeah, yeah. In both cases of playing Mushu and playing Donkey, he just he's just playing Eddie Murphy, right? Like, he doesn't change his yeah. voice in any discernible way at all. It's just Eddie Murphy reading those lines. Well, you know what I like about you, Shrek? You got that kind of, I don't care what nobody thinks of me thing. I like that. I respect that, Shrek. You all right. 
Of course. I'm travel size for your convenience. If I was my real size, your cow here would die of fright. Down, Bessie. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's been a really famous person for a really long time. You know what I mean? I don't think people realize that that comedy special, Delirious, that he had came out when he was like 19 years old. Which is pretty. Was he really nineteen? <laughs> yeah, he was nineteen That's when he crazy. made that in the red suit. So it's like I don't know when people get that famous that young, you know, mm-hmm. egos tend to tend to come with that. His Gumby stuff on SNL. It's like whenever they have like the like you know best clips ever of SNL. I feel like an Eddie Murphy sketch or two always makes it there. And then um, I might be one of the only people in 2023 who have this opinion, but I 100 percent unironically love the song party all the time i think that's a (laughs) jam i love it it's on like my main playlist i bump it when it comes on i don't think it's bad at all it's funny to think about eddie murphy singing it when you listen I mean, it's no, uh, it's no boogie in your butt, but I mean, I guess. Fair. <laughs> Not much can be. And last thing, Corey, just to kind of even tie it back to this movie, he got the um, Cecil B. DeMille award at the most recent golden globes and you know throwback to jada pinkett smith he has like a really funny speech i I don't know if you guys saw it but he's he's like super sincere and he's being all serious he's like you know super honored to receive this award and he has some advice for people who are coming up in hollywood he's like you know pay your taxes um (laughs) (laughs) i forget what he's like go with the flow or, or stay out of trouble mind your business or something like that and then the last one he goes and keep Will Smith's wife's name out your fucking mouth. And the crowd just goes <laughs> crazy. So I, I didn't know if it had anything to do. I don't know how they got along in this movie, but I just thought that was an interesting, interesting connection with the Nutty Professor. I kept thinking about that during the, the insult comic bit with, with Jada Pinkett there. Like, I just, <laughs> just kept thinking about the Will Smith thing. How can you not, you know? Eddie Murphy assaults a comedian on stage, like throws him in a piano. <laughs> Applause! Yeah. Yay! <laughs> we loved it! You know, the sharks that we are at Podcast Spoilers, we immediately did a podcast on that event <laughs> after the slap happened. Oh, did you? The slapping. <laughs> The slapping around the world. I loved all the edits of it. So funny. Like there were ones where they turned them into their like animated characters from different projects. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, I think on that podcast that we did, Pappy, I brought up the Nutty Professor and like some similarities. And, you know, we'll get to that stuff in a little bit. Let's get into this movie. The Nutty Professor, directed by... I'm going to ruin this name. Tom Shadiak? Shadiak? I don't know how to say his name, but then I looked at his IMDb and I was like, holy shit. Like, I should know how to say his name, right? Like, yeah. After the, seeing the movies that he's done? What movies has he done? Liar Liar, Patch Adams. Oh, okay. The Almighty movies, I think. He had a pretty good run where he did Ace Ventura, the first one, then this, Wow. then Liar Liar, then Patch Adams, 
then Bruce Almighty. And then, you know, Evan Almighty, but we don't have to count anything from thereafter. So this guy's, you know, no stranger to these uh, big comedies of the 90s starring big comedians. He's worked with Robin Williams. He's worked with Jim Carrey and he's worked with Eddie Murphy. I mean, name three bigger comedians from the 90s that were doing movies. And all of these movies made a fuck ton of money, too, that we're talking about. Huge commercial successes all around, but not a household name. Don't even know how to say his name in this household. Right. Shadyac. It says on his IMDb he was the youngest staff joke writer for Bob Hope. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So I guess he's got some uh, some comedy chops. Pappy, maybe you can take us into The Nutty Professor. Okay. We get to see right off the bat one of Eddie Murphy's many characters, fake Richard Simmons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like a pony, I'm a pony, I'm a pony. Don't you feel like a pony? Don't you feel like a pony when you sweat? Oh yeah, yeah. Go, do it. Come on. Here we go. One, two. This is my favorite. Exercise. Eddie Murphy doing whiteface as fake Richard Simmons. Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking Richard Simmons. Do, do the Zoomers know who he is? You know, I feel like his, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> his cultural imprint has completely shrunken in, in you know the last 30 years richard simmons was huge richard simmons was a very flamboyant fitness coach right and you know it's almost like you don't even need to parody richard simmons because he already is no. at that level right like it's kind of just basically a richard simmons video yeah, he does a lot of the legwork for you, right? Just his existence, like the way yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, quick Richard Simmons note too: like he has a bunch of funny calls in the Howard Stern show in the '90s too. So like, just quite a character, like all around, just kind of a, an interesting guy. But the person who's watching these videos is also played by Eddie Murphy, the main character, the titular <laughs> Nutty Professor himself, Sherman Clump. Who the. Who did the script for this movie? It was, uh... Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> there's the credits for the original Nutty Professor. Uh, I don't know if people know, this was a remake of a 1963 comedy movie. I don't know why I said comedy. Is It, it was a drama. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. The Nutty Professor. <laughs> <laughs> said with a British accent. <laughs> right. Nominated for four Oscars. Uh, the writers credited for this are David Sheffield, Barry W. Blostein, Tom Shadiak, the director, and Steve Odekirk. Yeah, so they had to come up with like new names and stuff. I don't think any of the names are taken from the 60s one. And they came up with Clump for, <laughs> for the, the <laughs> overweight guy. Yeah. Is uh, Clump not his name in the original one? I'm going to look. Has anybody seen the original one? Of us? No. <laughs> Me neither. Um, the, in the original one, he was Professor Julius Kelp. Okay. Uh, but but Purdy yeah. was the last name of the love interest. She was Stella Purdy. So they've taken some things, but um, like the general idea of like a, a Jekyll and Hyde type thing is in here. But uh, the other one, like the '60s one, is about like he's a nerd and then he becomes a cool guy. And this one's more about uh, weight loss and other <laughs> question mark stuff. Weight loss and horniness. Yeah. 
You got to think too. This would be like remaking, like today, remaking a movie from the early '90s, right? So like the original Nutty Professor was probably like way more in the zeitgeist, right? Like I don't, I don't know of anybody nowadays who's seen that original Nutty Professor. Yeah, I have seen bits of it because my brother used to have it on. My brother would like watch movies I would like, like this one, the '96 Nutty Professor. But then he would go like real deep into. You know, how did this movie come from? Oh, there's an original version. Now I'm going to watch that one all the time. It was kind of like the same thing with Godzilla. Like he was super into Godzilla movies. And I think it was because I would play the 98 Godzilla from time to time. So he got into all the old ones. So it was playing in my house a couple of times. I remember kind of like him being a really like over the top, saved by the bell kind of nerd, right? Like that super exaggerated glasses, buck tooth, like doesn't exist in reality kind of nerd. Yeah. Isn't it just such like... A mean-spirited choice, though, to make make him, like, heavy set and make all of the jokes of, like, fat jokes, basically. You know what I mean? It's like, what does that say about society in those 30 years? <laughs> oh, that's the confusing thing about this movie, right? Because ostensibly his story is about how he should accept who he is as a person and that... <laughs> You know, yeah. all of his confidence issues comes from the way that people are treating him, um, and he's very sad about it. But then also, you are meant to laugh at the fact that he is fat and farts a lot, and that is the joke of the movie. <laughs> so, like, what what are we taking from that? Yeah, it's like the, in, later on in the movie when he, like, beats up Dave Chappelle. It's like, well, isn't this just what the movie's doing this whole time, right? Like, making fun of him? <laughs> what am I supposed to glean from this here? Someone makes fun of you, you know? Work on yourself and then beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Just really beat the fuck out of him in front of everyone. Rush the stage. Take on the boys. Sometimes um, the music is the only indicator whether it's supposed to be funny or not. Like, it's like they'll play sad music if you're meant to feel bad for him. But then they'll play, like, funny music if, like, he's eating a Snickers and it's like, oh, he loves Snickers because he's fat. Laugh at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they play the love scene music to the Snickers, right? Like, that's just, yeah. like... That's his orgasmic moment of that particular scene. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys feel about Eddie Murphy multiple character just in in general? Because I feel like I'm wrong because like all of these movies, you know, generally make a lot of money, but it just seems like such a fucking ego trip, right? Like I don't like. There's a lot of funny people in Hollywood to play roles. Like, why? Why do you need to play all the parts? I don't. I don't understand the the purpose. Well, I feel like, uh, especially someone who comes from like a uh, background doing sketch show stuff on SNL, he really likes showcasing that he could do all these different characters. I think it just depends on the movie, honestly, because in Coming to America, it was really funny. Mm -hmm. It was really successful in this movie, despite the fact that. Uh, studio executives didn't want him to do it he had to do like a, a screen test to show them like this is really funny uh but then you see examples and other things like vampire in brooklyn where you're like why is this happening this is from a different movie like this shouldn't be here and i don't know i mean there's a lot of things with the family in this movie that feel utterly irrelevant and it is utterly irrelevant oh yeah sometimes mm -hmm. it's Sometimes it makes me laugh, not as much as when I was a kid. I think kids really enjoy it because there's a lot of fart jokes and stuff in it. Yeah, um, right. I think on a on a technical level, it is super impressive. So there is that. So it's kind of mixed. You know, there's so many fart jokes that Jerry Lewis refused to cameo in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is insane. 
That's so funny. Like he was going to do a cameo and then he read the script and he saw the fart jokes and he's like, no, thank you. Rip the script in half. Throw it in a fireplace. I will wash my hands clean of this. this I will not tarnish my good name. If you need me, I will be in my study. (laughs) I will say Jerry Lewis seems like a cool guy, though, right? Does he? Shit t- I don't know. Didn't he raise a shit ton of money for muscular dystrophy? Like, wasn't that his thing every year, the telethon? That's all I know of him. He seemed. Oh, I know nothing of him, but that's cool if that's true. Too good for fart jokes, though, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess to be fair, when you watch it now, it's like, man, they didn't need that many of them. <laughs> they didn't need that many fart jokes in this movie. Yeah. Dude. I mean, Mr. Clump is obscene. Someone drinks hamster poop in this movie. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I was like, I was like, is this the one where the hamster goes up his butt or was that the sequel? And then by the end, I'm like, ah, the hamster butt is the sequel. The, the, the hamster poop was in this one. You know, there is a hamster in the butt of, an, of a model in an advertisement in this one. And I want to oh, kind of right, right. lay oh, that yeah. one out a little bit. Allison, maybe you can tell us about what we see at this college campus, which I'm pretty sure is UCLA, with all the hamsters running wild. Right. Uh, so this is where Sherman Clump works, and he's on his way there. But before he gets there, we see a bunch of hamsters uh, on the run. A lot of them are CGI. Some of it's a little bit dodgy. Uh, comedy ensues. <laughs> They're going through advertisements. <laughs> They're landing on top of people. All because of some experiment that uh, they've been working on in the lab uh, to make hamsters skinny. <laughs> I forget why they're all running out. Is it because they're horny too? I feel like horniness is also attached to this. Horniness is a big part of this movie. It's in the DNA of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phelan said this, uh, but I agree with him. The enemy in this movie is toxic masculinity. <laughs> he, he like... Because there's so much testosterone involved with him becoming thin. That's why he's such an asshole. (laughs) They say the testosterone levels are way too high more than once, right? Yeah, they do. And I think that's what's going on with these hamsters. That's why they're going crazy. Yeah, one of them becomes a man's penis. Right. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a a plot important, too, because they have... Uh, injured a woman who was going to give funding to the science department and uh, the dean is very angry about that clump comes in and sees all this and that's uh that's how that scene ends he goes to the lab to find out what's going on mm-hmm. and he finds out that it was his tummy that flipped the switch and released all the hamsters probably not a good idea to have a hamster releasing master switch at tummy level <laughs> but there's a i love to in in his lab they see this massively overweight hamster <laughs> yeah. that they've been performing experiments on and they've created this animatronic hamster that throughout several scenes in the movie is just sort of reacting to things <laughs> yeah. i just yeah. love that like rick baker had to make this <laughs> this fat <laughs> hamster for them i gotta be honest like a lot of the like dirty jokes of like oh the hamster is his penis or look there's a hamster coming out of the butt of the poster like that doesn't make me laugh but when sherman clump says okay you guys take care of the thousands of hamsters that just got loose i'll look over the big fat one like that's funny I mean, <laughs> like i'll take care of this one i'll in tend to shelly cage yeah i'll tend to shelly that's i don't know 
that got me. There are moments in this movie that do make me smile, chuckle. Like after all the chaos of the hamsters running around, he has to comfort the fat Shelly. hamster, yeah. you know, who is <laughs> completely shook. Yeah, you guys clean up my mess. I'm going to feed the, this other one. <laughs> and I remember Dean Richmond being a lot meaner about this. But He's honestly, pretty mean, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like Clump kind of got off <laughs> not too bad, just with a few insults in this one. You know, sir, I like to concentrate on the positives. Actually, what Miss Vindervig witnessed was 5,000 healthy hamsters bred from a genetically deficient hereditary line. It's actually very exciting. <laughs> Do I look excited, Clump? Uh, no, no, you don't. You don't look excited at all, but maybe you might be holding it all in, your excitement, not going to express it. Now, listen to me carefully, you fat tub of goo. For years, you've single-handedly alienated every wealthy donor we've had. Air conditioning schools are outdrawing us. Inner city schools have better computers than we do. Bosnia wants to give us money. Now, I'm going to set up a meeting with Harlan Hartley. Clump, are you listening to me? Uh, Yes, sir, yes. Hartley is the last rich alumnus we've got. And he's a science fan. And... He's considering donating a $10 million grant to this school. And I want that money, Clump. Your job depends upon it. What did you think, Allison? I don't know. I feel like this uh, this Dean, he is played by Larry Miller, who uh, played a lot of villains in 90s movies. He just mm-hmm. has that, like, that Classic. massive dick face where <laughs> he's the villain and everything. Uh, he's the Dean, and he's mad because... Um, he he calls Sherman into his office and he uh, has trouble sitting in the chair because he fat his butt so big. Get it? And uh, and he's <laughs> like, you've been ruining all of these these um all of the funding that we need. Like you keep uh, fucking it up for us. Uh, I'm pissed at you. I'm literally gonna murder you. He threatens to murder him at several times, uh, at several moments in this movie. Um, he uh, threatens to fire him. He keeps making fat jokes. I don't know why he wouldn't just fire him, though, if he was truly actually messing up the funding all the time. I don't know why they felt the need to, to keep him there. But I feel like when it goes into, like, constant fat jokes and murder threats, it's like, I don't... I was a little mean. <laughs> I feel like he was going a little too far. Like, maybe Clump should have called the cops on him. <laughs> he starts to escalate it, right? The murder threats do come later. But in the beginning, he's like, you know what? You fucking ruined everything, but I need you. <laughs> Clump, you idiot. <laughs> in that scene, there's like, he has a gun in his office. And when it does the reverse shot of Eddie Murphy, the gun's like pointed directly at his head this whole time. <laughs> and I thought for sure this was going to be like one of those 90s movies. Because I, I actually have not seen this before. I don't know. Oh, really? If Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just missed it as a child. So like, but I thought this was going to be one of those 90s movies, Corey, where it's like, he does actually go crazy. You know, and tries to kill Clump. Oh, the Billy Madison ending? Yeah, then he gets arrested, <laughs> and then the school's, like, happy now because they got rid of the Bean Dean. I thought that's exactly what we were going for. Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking of Billy Madison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seemed weird that he didn't have a comeuppance, though. Mm-hmm. Because he was ostensibly the secondary villain in this after Buddy Love. Mm-hmm. Look, he's just trying to run a college without a bunch of fucking hamsters running around, shitting in his coffee. He's got a picture of a dog on his desk, so he's clearly an animal lover. How many tenured professors has Larry Miller murdered and buried somewhere in the quad? You see, like, this guy's a menace. He's got Overweight go. tenured professors. <laughs> yeah, he has a type. 
<laughs> How did that hamster get into like the light? He's like on a chandelier or something above <laughs> the coffee, and then like little poops are falling into the cup that he doesn't notice, and then he yells at Clump to get out of there so he can't warn him about the hamster poop. I will say when the hamster falls into the coffee and then it turns into a real hamster, it, it looked really cute. It was cute, <laughs> yeah. right? I just wanted it to pet the hamster. <laughs> little pooping hamster. My first thought was, oh my gosh, I hope he's okay. I hope that coffee wasn't too hot. And he pops his head out. I'm like, okay, thank God. No hamsters <laughs> were harmed in the making of the Nutty Professor. It just sizzles away like who framed Roger Rabbit. Like <laughs> no. the dick. Like- oh, no. <laughs> I think in the scene beforehand, too, they also introduce, like, when uh, when Clump goes into the lab, they introduce Jason, who is, like, his assistant in the lab, who's also yeah. an important character. Sir, you may want to take a look at the latest test results. I'm not sure if I'm reading them correctly. Three ounces? She's lost three ounces since the last feet. Must be some kind of mistake. No, 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 Jason, her entire molecular structure's been realigned. We've done it! This new formula is working. It's actually reconstructed Shelly's DNA. My God, she lost 20% of her body fat in one feeding. What if we up the dosage? No, oh, no, no, no. One step at a time, Jason. We don't want to jeopardize Shelly. We'll keep the feedings as scheduled. Okay. You know, I really like the actor that plays Jason. I don't remember him being, like, as kind of, like, wild and crazy as he is. He does a lot of, like, yelling and a lot of, like physical acting like kind of like throwing his arms around and stuff i remember him being a lot more subdued i haven't seen this movie in a long time but i do really like uh the inclusion of jason here oh he's got a pretty wild imdb 83 credits for what is his name um john ailis who plays jason oh yeah john ailes john ailes yeah jason was a character that uh He's like the ultimate friend, though, right? Because, like, he's willing to go to bat for him. He's willing to, like, chase down someone that he believes has stolen his credit card. Like, he's like, that's the professor's credit card, but that's not Professor Clump. Yeah. Chases him down into his vehicle. <laughs> and he's, like, ready to, like, maybe even get physical with the man. He's like, all right, buddy, what are you doing with the professor's credit card? <laughs> he's going to beat this guy up. And then he's just like, oh, sorry. Of course, it was it was Professor Clump in a, in a Jekyll and Hyde situation, preach like mid-transformation. And, and he's willing to hide all of this for him and like give him advice. Really, I don't think Jason got enough credit in the film for all the things he did. No, Jason came through. Jason saved the day. <laughs> yeah. Jason, all he has to do is call American Express. He doesn't actually have to. <laughs> you don't have to confront yeah. the man physically. Like they have fraud protection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is he even worried about anyway? He put the Viper on a, a faculty account. He didn't even put it on the, the credit card. Dude, let's, Buddy Love is a criminal. He <laughs> definitely. Sherman Clump should have to pay for Buddy Love's crimes at some point. You would think like <laughs> justice must be done. If testosterone was all that was keeping him between committing all of these horrible crimes, I don't know if I would ever want to be in a room alone with Sherman Clump. <laughs> yeah. Corey, I have a question. I don't know. The the hamster poopy joke. <laughs> like, I know we talk about this a lot, but who is this movie for? Like, that is a joke for little itty baby children, right? <laughs> like, he drank, he drank poopy. <laughs> like, I it's a joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This movie's for 10-year-old me, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's the thing though like you you like we watched it as kids uh, me and Corey, and like it was something that was considered a family movie like like kids really liked it and you watch it as an adult and there's a lot of like throwing around the n-word mm-hmm. a lot of like uh butt and penis jokes and sex jokes and all these things where it's yeah. like is this I guess this is what we were watching as kids, but is it a kids movie? Yeah. I mean, I watched this and I I guess it was the same director, but Liar Liar has like a hardcore sex scene like pretty early on. Yeah. Like <laughs> And you know, that was kind of a kids movie too. Yeah. I wish my dad would never tell a lie. <laughs> anyway, sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst when you were a kid. Like in a sex scene would come on, you're watching a movie with your parents like I don't, nothing is more uncomfortable and i specifically remember that one like just being hard to watch like, i think i watched it with my grandparents even it was just like uh like yeah see liar liar as much as i liked it as a kid i eventually worked it out of my rotation because i didn't want to watch that sex scene mm-hmm. <laughs> very different yeah. from me now of course <laughs> but <laughs> back then the idea of like putting on a movie in the living room and there being a sex scene that everyone's going to be like walking around seeing you know, it's like it's like that meme. It's like when my parents walk in. It's yeah. Like, what are you watching, man? It's liar, liar. I don't know. I, what is the difference between like a 90s movie that throws in something like that and like the 80s kids movies that would just have the kids swearing or looking at like porno mags or all this other stuff? Why does it have that different feel, though? Because I feel like if you watch something, you know, like Monster Squad. It has sort of a gritty feel to it, even though it is ostensibly, I mean, it is a kid's movie. But then you watch something like Liar Liar, and then they have the sex scene in the middle of it, and it's like, this feels like an adult movie. I feel like the 80s movies, I was like, okay with having those, because my parents told me to watch them. (laughs) 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 Yeah, my parents definitely got me into stuff like The Goonies and, you know, all those 80s movies, but... Yeah, I mean, there is kind of a different vibe, right? And then, like, tonally, the way movies for kids kind of, like, shifted in the 90s, like, this director's a great example. Like, all of the movies that I named off that he did, that was, like, the vibe of comedy movies for, like, kids in the 90s. You know, of course, I mean, the live-action type. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, um, Ace Ventura, that was huge with kids, and the ending of the first movie is just one big transphobic joke. Mm-hmm. But it's like, kids, you're supposed to laugh at the fact that, you know, she had a dick. <laughs> ha ha! <laughs> Which I never really understood as a kid, by the way. That never really clicked for me. See, I feel like, like that's what this movie is doing. It's trying to give like, it's like on a timer, right? It's like every 15 minutes, we got to have a fart joke for the kids right. that they'll get. And then every 10 minutes, so we got to have a horny <laughs> joke for the adults that they'll get. Like... <laughs> something for everybody like it's like oh no we're we're losing the kids with all the sex jokes uh what if he <laughs> dreams that he's godzilla and then yeah. like, he farts and then it's blowing people away because he farts so much and then a bomb goes on <laughs> <laughs> i feel also too there's an art to a well-placed fart joke fart jokes can be very funny but if you're just sewing them in for the sake of farts then it just becomes like kids will laugh because farts exist mm-hmm. farts are objectively funny I, it's just it's just that it's I don't know, man. Low-hanging don't they're know. funny in movies if they're well-timed, not in real life. I can't laugh at real life farts. <laughs> not, none? It's just too gross. <laughs> I guess it depends, but no. 
Anyway, what were what scene were we on? <laughs> the hamster poops we yeah. ended. I actually wanted to go to Pappy for the introduction of mm. one of the main stars of this movie and future star of G.I. Jane 2, Miss Purdy. <laughs> yeah. Not to be confused with Miss Walburn from Major Pain. Mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett herself. She's a grad student. I think that is a change from the original and like the very cursory research I did. They they aged her up in the original. She's like an undergrad. Here she's like a grad student. Less of an age gap because I think Eddie Murphy's only supposed to be like 35 in this movie. Kind of like the straight person, right? Like not a lot of comedy comes from her. She's kind of caught in a love triangle, literally between Buddy Love and the Nutty Professor. She's just there to be the romantic interest, right? Like there's not a lot with her character, you know, like I don't know what she wants out of life in this movie or anything. She has kind of the the thankless role of a lot of 90s comedy love interests and that they just kind of go with whatever's going on. Like Mm -hmm. they don't really get a lot of their own uh, narrative. Yeah. So they could have done something in this movie, I think, more. Like there's shades of it in that like she thinks she likes Buddy Love because he's attractive, but she has a thing for Sherman Klump and... uh, they could have done something like, you know, she thought she wanted one thing, but she really like loved who Sherman was. But a lot of it, it just, it seems like she's just going along with whatever's going on, like laughing at like assaults and stuff yeah. like, oh, 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 everything was going great up until he left. And it's like, was it going great? Because he assaulted a man. <laughs> but okay. Best night ever. <laughs> I don't want to. I know you hate when people say this, Corey. Like, the, could this movie be made today? But like, uh. one thing that like stood out to me was like, like the courtship is extremely aggressive. Like by yeah. both Buddy Love and Sherman, right? Like Sherman, he stalks her, right? Like he looks up her address in the staff directory and goes to her house. That is. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uncomfortable. No like, and then Buddy Love breaks into her house and leaves a bunch of flowers there. And like, she's she's charmed by this both times. <laughs> well, you know, nowadays you just send someone a DM on social media. But that wasn't an option back then, Pappy. You had to show up at their house and or break in. <laughs> 90s, what a wild time. <laughs> So we get Miss Purdy. She's in the movie. She's the clear love interest. We have Sherman Clump, who is obviously a very large man. And, you know, sometimes that is something that people make fun of him for. It's not always the case, though. You know, he's he seems to be pretty well-liked in his introduction by a lot of the people in the school. I presume a lot of his students, although his students do laugh at him in class as well. So there is a little bit of conflict with, like, how they're portraying him as, like, both this well-liked guy, but also this guy that gets made fun of a lot. And, you know, that could be the case. Yeah, I think he's just supposed to be this good-hearted guy who doesn't really get to be the love interest, doesn't get to be the cool guy. Like, people like him, but they think that he's kind of a joke. Speaking of a joke, we do get to uh, meet the fatties. Sherman Clump's family. (laughs) You know, we get a scene so good, a sequel was spawned off the back of this movie. Uh. Oh my god. Anything that's wrong with Nutty Professor, Nutty Professor 2, just like... 
<laughs> amplified a million. You seen like, Nutty Professor too? I have, but I don't remember it that I remember it being really bad because it emphasized the family stuff like way more than it ever needed to be. Yeah, and you could kind of see that coming. I do remember the trailers and being like, "Oh, I should see this." But uh, really quickly losing interest. The one thing I remember, and this is only from the trailers, is that Buddy Love is back in the sequel, of course. Buddy Love is in a hot tub with the grandma. And, oh. And the grandma. Like, what, what is their relation? The grandma takes off her false teeth and goes oh. under the water. No. No. Yeah. In the trailer, mind you. This is not a red band trailer. <laughs> Approved for all audiences. A family movie. <laughs> I seem to recall an emphasis of plot importance uh, with the uh, Sherman's brother in the the sequel as well, the like Ugh. bald one, and he's easily the least funny clump. I don't like him at all. You know, in my day, Sherman, people used to spend time with their family on Sundays and. Special occasion, come around and pay their respects. You mess around and miss all little Ernest golden years, magic golden years, and you're going to be mad at yourself. Uh, That's your nephew. Oh, baby's got a little gas. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. You'll better cover your plate. Oh, I grandma. Mama, have some water. I feel like all of them, even if they're annoying, had like maybe one funny line, but he didn't have any funny lines. And they're like, ah, let's make him prominent. <laughs> I think the grandma's my favorite. She's Yeah, she always was my favorite. She's sex positive. <laughs> she's she's funny. She doesn't take shit from people. She's a she's a fun character. I like her. I would like to volunteer to take this old bird out of her misery. Yes. Don't you dare say something like that about mom. Oh, no, you ain't gotta protect me from Cleta. Come on, Cleta. Come on. Come on over here. Come on in where show walk. Come on over. Then then you're gonna limp back. You walk over, but you're limping back. Don't don't let the gray hair fool you. I ain't no easy win, nigga. She goes, you walk over, but you limp back. <laughs> I feel like as a kid, uh, we would always quote the Hercules, Hercules, Hercules oh, from the mom. Yeah. Oh, my God. Every kid. That shit got played out, right, Allison? Like, right. That was... <laughs> kids be, kids like stupid stuff. Kids be shopping, you know? <laughs> kids oh be shopping. That is true. Kids do shop. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, let's talk about the big date, Pappy. Sherman Clump builds up the courage to ask out a very attractive young woman, Miss Purdy here. And she suggests that they go to this nightclub, you know, out there in LA. It's a multi-venue experience. They have music, they have comedy, they have dinner, they have it all. Why don't you tell us about how it goes? Mm -hmm. Who's the musical act? Who's first playing? This is how we do it? I don't know if it is uh, Montel Jordan or whoever, but that was his song. Yeah. I mean, this club is hopping. It's the place to be on campus. It's got like a weird mix of like, at times like a dive bar feel, but then also this like 50s classic, like really nice tables you know like they're, they're shown to their seat it seems like pretty upscale right the place yeah. on on campus and you can have normal conversations like at normal volume and you can hear <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly imdb does say it's montel jordan by the way ah, okay there you go you know clumps clumping it up in there <laughs> right like he's knocking over things he's 
as he's one oh. to do. He's clumping so hard, dude. He's... <laughs> I do want to say, just to, to preface things for people, a lot of this is laughing at the expense of the movie. I don't want people to think 100%. that we're being fat phobic or anything. Like, a lot of this does feel mean-spirited, but when you add a bunch of tuba music and, like, <laughs> fisheye lenses and, like, dumb <laughs> yeah. 90s cinematography... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun to laugh at for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's Pat all over again, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the same kind of like awkwardness too as it's yeah. Pat that makes my skin fucking crawl. Quick side note, Allison. Yeah. I joined Pappy's podcast spoilers. And what they do is they have someone host each episode, someone different, and the person that hosts gets to pick the movie. So my very first host on spoilers was the 1994 classic It's Pat. Oh man. That's a rough like one that. to start on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love the ween, but <laughs> ween's not performing. It's none other than Reggie Reggie Warrington, aka <laughs> Dave Chappelle. And I'm I'm with you, Allison. Like it's it's a weird tightrope, right? Because on one hand, like we're kind of laughing at how hacky Dave Chappelle's character is right like the women love shopping thing and it's like that's so stupid yeah. and it's like it's it's funny how the people think it's funny like we're laughing at it What's up? Oh, yeah. What's up? Yeah. women be shopping baby <laughs> women be shopping Dang, you can't stop a woman from shopping baby <laughs> that's true women do shop <laughs> but then the movie is like pretty ruthless as he unloads these series of fat jokes on Sherman Klump. And I think they're supposed to be like, I think the movie wants you to be laughing at what Dave Chappelle is saying. Right. Like I, right. I think that's like what it's, what it's going for. So that's a little bit mean spirited. They do start playing the sad music in the midst of it. So, you know, like now is the time to stop laughing because his feelings are hurt. But the hits just keep on coming though. Like he's, he's... <laughs> it's a full moon tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one there. Oh boy, you got more crack than Harlem. Look at that. Boy, so fat every time I turn around, it's his birthday. He got to put his belt on with the boomerang. (laughs) And he just keeps going at him. What would you do, Pappy, if you were at like a comedy show and it was like, surprise there's an insult comic and he's gonna pick on everyone in the audience usually by the way people go into that knowing that that's what it is i that's not the kind of thing you get like sidelined by very often i go to comedy shows sometimes but what would you do pappy he's really isolating this one person in the crowd and making fat jokes would you do anything well listen like like we established fat phobic humor is not funny i will say now we know what's eating Gilbert Grape, don't we? It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is funny, despite myself. I feel bad laughing at it. And very but, relevant at the time. Yeah. Listen, I, he brings this upon himself. Like, you just got to sit there and smile and, like, not move, right? Like, as soon as Sherman realizes what's going on, he tries to make an exit. And by disrupting the whole comedy show, you're going to draw the ire of the performer, right? You just got to, like... 
slump down in your chair, be not noticeable type thing. Like, like I said, Sherman Clark brings us on himself a little bit by making such a scene by leaving in the middle of his act. I don't, I don't, I don't think he really makes much of a scene. I mean, like, especially when you don't sign up to be to go to a, uh, an insult comedy, an insult comic act. Like, I feel like blaming the audience for that. Like, I don't know. Like, surely Buddy Love makes more of a scene and people fucking love it. But yeah. I feel like it's just a bad comedian. Like, if you're an insult comic, like, you got to know when to move on. Like, when it just starts feeling mean spirited and they're not in on the joke, like, What's enjoyable about that? I don't know why this audience is laughing so hard at this. Dude, the We're audience like, is eating it up. <laughs> yeah, like he's clearly about to like break down and cry, and then the audience is like, <laughs> 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 like that was what was like making me laugh because it's like, who are these mean spirited <laughs> jerks in this audience? <laughs> they love everything about this hack comedy act. <laughs> oh, look at this! Is with a woman too. I know, and like it's like you guys were saying, like he comes out twice with that same opener. Women be yeah. shopping, and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's so stupid that it's funny. Like, yeah, I, I mean, there's been a number of times on Facebook when I just like posted that line because I just it just popped into my head, and it's <laughs> it's like such a low hanging fruit joke. As are yeah. all of his insults, really. Um, and a couple of them are kind of funny, but like he. He goes to a person, he says a thing, and then he goes to another person. And I think really right, that's, moves on. that's what works about, you know, insult comedy. It's like they kind of just, they pick on everyone, and then usually right. themselves included. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the goal is to get people to laugh, right? Not just to bully people on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen Lisa Lampanelli. She's always, like, involving herself in the jokes as well. Right. But this guy has no sense of humor about himself, as we see later in the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he really should, because he's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His hat is amazing. It's like the kind that you win at like a fair. It's like Jamiroquai. Like, yeah. he's, he's got the full like uh, draws hat going on. <laughs> Pants halfway, like all the way, it, like completely down his ass <laughs> the ridiculous like boxers yeah. yeah he's got these like false teeth in as well so things don't go super well for uh, Sherman at the club you know he ends off pretty depressed you know he goes home and he recreates a scene from the whale pretty unhappy I do want to talk a little bit about some of Sherman's like fantasies he has like dreams daydreams sometimes regular dreams in the movie and we get to see a few of those here and there and one of them is I think this is the first one actually it's 
him running along the beach with Miss Purdy. <laughs> nice romantic <laughs> scene from a classic movie, right? And then he proceeds to kill her. So that's his dream, murdering Miss Purdy. They're making out on, on the beach because he falls asleep watching like a, a movie or something where two people are, are making love on the beach. So he's recreating that in his dream and then gets on top of her and then she proceeds to sink into the sand until she disappears. <laughs> Again, like, I, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, that's why it's so, it's funny, sort of. I, I don't know if it was really that funny of a scene. Like, I'm kind of laughing at it. But I feel like there's so many parts of this movie where they almost have it. Like, where, like, they're portraying him sympathetically and the joke isn't exactly on him. But then they immediately just, like, go back to, like, what if he, like, crushed someone in the sand? What if he was Godzilla? Yeah. What if he just kept getting so fat he just crushed everyone around him? And, like, there's these moments where they kind of, it seems like it's almost a nuanced performance. And then it goes mm. into, like, he's clumping it real hard. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah no, that's the exact problem, right? It goes from we're supposed to feel really bad for him because of what dave Chappelle's saying about him to him mocking him and then like literally two minutes later the joke in the movie is that he's pouring candy into his mouth you know what i mean yeah. it's like that's the joke it's like you're making fat jokes at the same time saying fat jokes are bad <laughs> the movie doesn't have an actual stance on fat phobic humor at all yeah The Godzilla thing, I think, has a, a particularly funny moment. I know it's not great, and, you know, I remember also seeing the trailer as a kid and seeing the giant Sherman clump and really wondering how they're going to work that into the movie. Of course, my little kid brain didn't realize, of course, it's a dream sequence. But the Godzilla thing, when Sherman clump becomes, like, the size of a skyscraper, he reaches into a window, and it's like a King Kong moment, right? The hand is going in, and Miss Purdy's in there. <laughs> And he takes like the tiny little like chicken leg <laughs> and to like to like bite it, you can tell he's like struggling to like get it like right between his teeth. They don't spend a lot of time on that moment, it's real quick, but I just find that like really funny, like how hard it is to like eat something that small. I love it. You notice like any time that that any of us admit that we thought something was funny in this movie, we we're kind of embarrassed yes. about it also. <laughs> we have to be yeah. like, you picked up on that, eh? It was kind of funny, but you know, I guess it wasn't that good, but you know. <laughs> Let me caveat with this. I hate this movie, but it was a little silly when we picked up the baby chicken leg. <laughs> this is one of those things too, like if they made it now, I would not watch it. I wouldn't care. I don't think it would be a hit now. But as someone who grew up seeing reruns of it all the time, it was always on TV. There's sort of that nostalgia of familiarity, despite the fact that it is, it's not held up well at all in the slightest. Yeah. I do like the look that in that chicken leg scene, Corey, like kind of Miss Purdy gives him like, what the fuck are you going for the chicken leg? Like she assumed it was going to be <laughs> right. King Kong thing or something. I don't know. So Allison Sherman, not feeling very great about himself, decides that it's time to actually pull the trigger with this blue magic serum he's been working on. You know, he's been doing some experiments with the hamsters. He's got the fat hamster. He's made a little bit skinnier. But after this whole thing with Reggie, 
he decides it's time to actually move forward and try it out for himself, doesn't he? Right. He uh, he goes to the lab. He's determined to make himself the skinny cool guy. He's not going to be the butt of the joke anymore. So he uh, he goes to the lab. He drinks the Windex. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde transformation. <laughs> Deflates. <laughs> it's like they have this effect where his like his clothes deflate while he's on the ground. It's like Howie Mandel and Little Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Sick reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's for all the Little Monsters fans out there. <laughs> A big dumb movie classic right there. <laughs> But yeah, he uh, that happens, and he uh, he becomes skinny Eddie Murphy, and uh, he changes uh, everything about himself. Uh, he changes his voice. Some he, I guess he had a fat voice, and he has a skinny voice. <laughs> <laughs> he's running around. He's so excited that he's not fat anymore. They gotta have a montage. He's gotta go run around, grab new clothing, and, and wear spandex, and work out, and uh, and then eat a whole bunch. But nothing happens because he's skinny now. Right. It made his hair thinner, too. His, his hair was bigger, and then it becomes short-cropped, so I guess that also thins your hair. Skinnier hair. And fixes his eyes. Doesn't need his glasses yeah. anymore. <laughs> because the DNA, it says something about DNA restructuring. There's something about, like, fat DNA or something in this movie. The science is, is hilarious if you think about it for, like, more than two seconds. Yeah, it's absolutely absurd. And you're right. It's a funny note about the skinnier voice, skinnier hair, and I'd even say skinnier mustache, you know? <laughs> yeah. These are all in the same gene, actually. He's got to change one. <laughs> yeah. That happened to all the hamsters. <laughs> if I was suddenly fit, if I took a serum and I was suddenly fit, the very last place I would go is the gym. Like, I would be like, I'm good. I actually right. don't have to go to the gym now. He was just going to make um, titty jokes. <laughs> That's why he went to the gym. It's about time for the adult joke. <laughs> we gotta work that in. <laughs> I liked um when he was transforming. They play it like a a horror movie, and then there's these shots of the fat hamster watching, like trembling. <gasps> <laughs> Shelley has never seen such nonsense. Yeah, yeah I'm fascinated by this hamster. Yeah, Shelley is scarred for life, and we get the emergence of a man who. <laughs> Calls himself Buddy Love now, and this is just you know, this is more your classic Eddie Murphy. But now he's he's a little different. He's wild and he's crazy. Pappy, what's Buddy mm -hmm. Love's first move here? Well, I think his first move is to see if he can see his dick. Like he pulls open his pants, oh, right, and yeah. then yells, "I can see my dick! I can see my dick!" Over and over classic again. Classic man and move. Looks downstairs, right? Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty great joke. Um, <laughs> for the kids, you know. Yeah. Oh, nothing but air there. Nothing but air there. My ass is gone now. I'm slip, Well, I'll be dead. I can see my dick. My dick. My dick. My dick. My dick. My dick. I feel good. I can do stairs. I can do stairs. I am the stair master. I feel good. You looking for any kind of clothes in particular? Spandex. All oh, spandex. Where's the spandex section? Then he goes to try on spandex, I guess. And I don't know. Like, 
a lot of this movie is is how handsome this buddy love guy is supposed to be. I think you know Eddie Murphy's he's fit, but he just kind of looks like a regular dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I need a two minute montage of him. Flexing. He's in pretty good shape. You're right. Like he is fit. He's fit, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't he know. had to get in uh, in super good shape. I think he said it was the best shape he's ever been in for this movie yeah, because I it. he had to put on all these different costumes and the fat suit, and he also had to to look very fit as mm. Buddy Love. And I don't know. I mean, uh, people's looks are subjective. I would say Eddie Murphy is handsome, um, but also I think there's there's something to be said about like how suave someone is if they exude a sexuality then that attracts people to them yeah. i don't think buddy love I, I think he comes off like a monster i don't really understand why <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say is that this guy <laughs> anyone is attracted to him but that i think was the idea here he's a criminal <laughs> b and e yeah. record for breaking and entering just a month yeah absolute monster yeah. i don't i there's something that like just rubs my sensibilities just about this whole project the whole movie in a wrong way right where it's like eddie murphy playing all these parts and then a sustained montage of Eddie Murphy telling everyone how handsome he is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just such like a, an ego trip to see. It it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Well, I mean, I don't think like Eddie Murphy like wrote this. He improvised a lot of it, but there were like a, a several people who were meant to star in it before him. So I don't think it was necessarily supposed to be like, look how handsome Eddie Murphy is. No, no, Do you no, know no. who that was it. by any chance? Oh, um, Andrew Dice Clay was Oof. one of the ones Whoa. that they were going to... Ha- it would have been a massively different movie. Dickory dickory dock. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the gerbil got stuck in the clock. <laughs> uh, Rick Moranis was also one of them, which mm. I don't know. I could see maybe them trying to do a, a more direct adaptation of the 60s one with Rick Moranis. Yeah. But again, I think both of those uh, castings sound like worse movies. The, the thing is, it's like so much of this movie is just the fat joke humor, right? Like, would it have been the same thing with Rick Moranis? Like, would they have put him in I a fat I think they suit? probably would have done the nerdy thing, but I don't know. That sounds so much more wholesome and nice. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think I prefer that. Yeah, I don't think it would have been the same fat to skinny transition with Rick Moranis. Like, you know, like you said, that would have been the more direct adaptation where it's like the nerdy guy becomes the cool guy. Yeah, yeah. And like Rick Moranis, like, he just is a cool guy. There's a lot of things you watch where it's like, I don't, I couldn't see him as a nerdy guy that no one likes because Rick Moranis is just so likable. Well, he does play a nerd a lot, right? Mr. Zelensky. He does play a nerd a lot. Little Giants, he's like kind of nerdy, but he is always likable. There's always an element of like, this guy just seems cool, like yeah. like a good person, I mean. But I guess like Eddie Murphy, too, is a cool guy. He's done like a lot of bad movies, but he does kind of exude this coolness, yeah. which is why it's a little baffling with the buddy love stuff, because like it's just a lot of screaming and assaulting and sexual harassment. And I'm like, at what point, like you do need to add some endearing qualities to this character to make this whole narrative work. You didn't find it endearing when he was uh, begging Carla Purdy not to leave in front of the scream. Hey, hey, let's just have a meal again. Why you leave? Wait, let's, hey, what you want me to beg you? I get down on my knees. I beg you in front of all these people. They got things. I can't. These people are watching. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want the world to know that I was late. And I'm sorry. My car ran out of gas. I needed fresh drawers. My mother's sick. The car broke down down the street. 
buddy. I'm so sorry. No, you gotta understand me. Hear me out. I am sorry. I don't know why this happened tonight. Of all night, this just happened to me tonight. Why? Why? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was certainly something. What does Miss Purdy see in him? I don't get it at all. Like, what? Why does she even care about this person? They they almost have a narrative going. It's almost there where it should be where she learns like she's being a bit shallow because she thinks that like Buddy Love is better looking. But really, she was in love with Sherman the whole time. But they never really get there. It's just her going like, yeah, this guy, we went on a date and he assaulted someone on stage and he said all these mean things to me and he was just a big jerk. Uh, Yeah, the date went really great. But then he had an allergic reaction. And then, man, that was terrible. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> he didn't call me after he assaulted that guy. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Sherman. <laughs> she's she's tugging Sherman around a lot in this movie, too. Yeah. I'm just going to say she's jerking him around a lot because, like, clearly he has asked her on, on a date uh, a couple times. Like, he takes her to his house to meet his family or to his family's house. I think he lives separately. But, you know, he he clearly has asked her on a date. She seems to know that this is a date. And then later on, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go get with Buddy. You're such a great friend of mine. Like, <laughs> excuse you? Why would he bring her to his house knowing that every night his dad ends up shitting his pants at yeah. the dinner table? <laughs> Why would you take him to see the farts? Now, come on. Yeah. You know how it's going to go. Like I said, like what an extremely aggressive move. Like you track her down where she lives and then you invite her over to dinner with your family. It's like, dude, you don't even, you guys don't know each other at all. You've just met. You've had two conversations that we know of. Yeah. All right. Guess who's back in the house from Def Comedy Jam? My man, Reggie Warrington. Give it up. <laughs> I hate this guy. He's so obnoxious. Oh, get a nigga, Jay. <laughs> it's your world, dog. I'm just a square trying to get a nut. What's that? What's up, nigga? <laughs> I feel this. Oh, then you hear me when I say hey? <laughs> Pappy, let's go into the uh, rematch of Reggie Warrington. And Sherman Klump, who is now transformed into Buddy Love, he's there mm. with Miss Purdy, and things go way differently this time. Yeah. Honestly, like I said, I hadn't seen this movie before. Just missed it as a kid. And I had like a hard time reading this scene the first time through. <laughs> like what was what was actually happening? So what's actually happening is like Buddy Love is trying to give Dave Chappelle his comeuppance, right? Like he's laughing over the top at all of his jokes, you know, kind of drawing attention to himself. Like I said, the first time I saw it, I thought he was like actually laughing at him. Like that was like an effect of the the serum. I had that same something. thought my first time as a kid. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But all of this is to <laughs> call out what I what the movie wants it's hard to be. And he does have a pretty decent quote where he's something he says something to the effect of like, oh I see what you're doing. You just take someone's like personal insecurities and flip it around and point it out. And then everybody laughs at it. Like he's calling out like how hacky he is, but then proceeds to like sling the exact same kind of mud, right. To teach him his left lesson. Like he doesn't like rise above it. He starts going like your mama fat right. jokes, like to teach him a lesson. <laughs> you almost came in, man. 
had to give myself the Hamlet. <laughs> uh, you mind waiting for the punchline first, brother? I'm sorry, man. It's just that you're so funny. You're so funny the way you take a person's personal defect and flip it around. That's like you pick somebody in the room and say, hey, look at your foot. And everybody look at it and start laughing. That's some funny shit, man. You on your way. You going to the top. You the next Lenny Bruce, man. That's crazy. Well, man, thank you. that's thank you genius. Very much. I'm glad you appreciate Reggie's show. That didn't even work with me doing it to you, Reggie. Yes, it would if I was say, look at Reggie's gums and teeth. Look like his mother had an affair with Mr. Ed. <laughs> See, everybody laughing. And then it ends in violence. Yeah, he does the same jokes at him, and then he goes up on stage, and at this point, there's been several failures on uh, many people's parts, <laughs> because yeah. you should not, uh, in any club, but especially a club like that, the fact that they let an audience member get on stage with him. He's so handsome, though. <laughs> he's, he can do anything. The fact that this stand-up comedian is not rolling with the punches either uh, shows uh, what a failure he is at comedy. Yeah. But then when it gets to the point where, like, a physical attack is going to happen, the comedian guy threatens to do karate on him, and then Buddy Love proceeds to, like, flip him over, <laughs> just do, like, a 360 in the air. Yeah, he fights him and takes him to the piano, and he's like half conscious because he's punched <laughs> him out. No one has done anything at this point. The audience thinks this is hysterical. They're going crazy for this. They're going assault. ape shit over this. And then he starts like breaking his finger to get him to sing along with them, and he's screaming. And then even like Purdy is just like, ah, ha, ha. so charming. And I'm like, what a bu- a room of psychopaths here. Yeah, yeah fuck him up. Send one out to a very special lady in the house tonight. Loving you is easy cause you're beautiful. Dootin' dootin' doo-doo. Reggie? That was pretty. Ladies and gentlemen, Reggie has left the building. Thank you and good night. And he like he throws him into the piano at the end. He tosses him into the piano, and everyone's like, "Yay! Applause! Standing ovation! What a great finale!" That is by far the funniest part for me. The image of him getting tossed in the piano and it closing, and it's like he disappeared. <laughs> like it's like he was thrown into another dimension. Like, <laughs> yeah, there are there are things in pianos. <laughs> they know that, right? <laughs> I love that image. It's beautiful. And it's, I know we talked about this already, and I don't know how much Nutty Professor content 
has been made post Will Smith slap, but it's just so it's so weird that twice in Jada Pinkett's life, her date has gone up and assaulted a stand-up comedian <laughs> on stage. You couldn't not think about that while this scene was happening, but she was taking the insults. She got some insults, too. She was taking them a lot better mm-hmm. than what happened at the Oscars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a very good point. I don't know where to throw this in, uh, but speaking of Oscars, this movie won an Oscar for the for the makeup. Honestly, fair. I have no problem with that. I feel like it's, I don't know what it was up against, but it's the best part of the movie. They deserved yeah. it. They deserved it. Rick Baker is a fantastic effects artist. Um, He's uh, most known for a lot of his, well, I mean, he's done a lot of work, but he's done uh, American Werewolf in London. Uh, and like you said before, Corey, the Thriller music video, uh, very good at werewolves and fur work and stuff like that. But he did the makeup on this movie. And um, it it is really impressive. I think the makeup has held up very well. The CGI, not so much, but you could tell like with the weight distribution, the way that he runs, the way that it moves, it feels like an actual heavy set person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, like his team, Rick Baker's team was working on this movie the same time as the Grinch was being worked on at the same studio. So there's this picture of Jim Carrey as the Grinch with Eddie Murphy as Whoa. Professor Clump. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's when they were making the sequel. Oh, when they were making the sequel, I yes, see. Yes, that, that's perfect. I love that. And Rick Baker was involved in both. And, you know, I can only imagine what his days were like. <laughs> <laughs> here's Here's the thing. This is like a little bit more like... I don't know, macro movie philosophical, but it's like, yeah, the makeup is the best part of this movie. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's cool because you know, like the making of side of the movie, right? Like, I think the movie would have been better if they just got like four other funny people to play his family, you know, like, or yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think the stuff with the family, honestly, if other people had played them, it wouldn't be as interesting it is obnoxious, the stuff with the family. Some of the stuff I think is genuinely funny still. Uh, I think they're just kind of fascinating to watch because of all of the technical stuff that went into it. Mm-hmm. And that's what why people were fascinated with it back then, too. It, it was and is impressive. I feel like it's still difficult for me to tell when they've screened certain things, even though you know that they have to put these characters together. Most of it's just them sitting at the table. But uh, yeah, the studio didn't want it, though. The studio didn't want him to do that. And then he got together with Rick Baker and did a screen test. And I guess they thought it was funny enough. They went ahead. Uh, They were even going to have him be the kid in the scene as well. They did like a screen test of like superimposing his head onto the child actor. But they deemed it unsatisfactory. (laughs) So they were like, no. (laughs) Dude, I was I was trying to tell if that kid was him for a little bit. I was like, did they do the kid too? I'm like, no, no way. That looks too (laughs) he looks too real. (laughs) They should have done it like uh Clifford style, you know, just like sit on his knees and just be like, I'm a child. another spoilers classic yeah dude that kid's laugh at first it makes me laugh it's kind of like one of those contagious laughter things but then it's like they just keep looping the same laugh noise over and over again it becomes incredibly grating and frustrating i hate it there you 
Hugo again, popping off gas in front of this lovely young lady. You trying to have a meal? You want to sit there and break all gas? I hope your ass turn into a frog. Hold the gas up in my ass. Don't nobody want to hear your flatulence, please, clump. You such a disgrace. I stopped holding my gas a long time ago. You know that? Please, you gonna swallow this to everybody? Say one more word. Say one more word. Look at how y'all have influenced this baby. They looped that same laugh so many times, and the the quality of the audio for that particular <laughs> laugh yeah. was not great, so it stood out against yeah. all of the other audio they've mixed together. <laughs> yeah, that kid, uh, Jamal Mixon, I was looking up his IMDb, and I found out he was actually born in the same city as me, Oxnard, California. Wow. Nice. Does he have any other notable credits? I mean, he was in Paul Blart, so maybe a... A similar <laughs> type of uh, comedy movie. Said he was in one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia playing Black Dennis. I don't oh, know okay. I that, that. that oh, was a good episode. Oh, I've seen that episode. Yeah. That's the one with um, with Scott Bakula in it and a bunch of Quantum Leap references. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Yeah. But um, one thing about the family scenes... Or another thing, I guess we've said many things about it, but another thing about it um, with that kid is that he was asked to improvise a lot of his lines just to have something for Eddie Murphy to play off of, because uh, Eddie Murphy was improvising a lot of it too. And he did uh, a few things that ended up in the movie that he was improvising, including like uh, showing off his guns, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess one of the farts was <laughs> was an improv by him. And he was making Eddie Murphy laugh. Like, they had to edit around some of that stuff. So you got to feel pretty good about yourself. If you're a child actor, you're in a movie with Eddie Murphy, one of the greatest comedians, and you're making him laugh? Like, that had to have been a trip for that kid. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and he had one of the most... Um, iconic moments of the movie, right? That generated the Hercules moment, the showing off mm-hmm. the guns. Yeah. Not that it's particularly good, but it was very quoted. No, but <laughs> yeah. you love to quote it as a kid. You love to quote it. I quoted it all the time. It was so funny. <laughs> you know, that's all we had as kids, movie references. <laughs> you say catchphrases, something sounds funny, and you just want to repeat it. There was a period of time where me and my brother had Jurassic Park recorded off of the television, and we would just quote a bunch of lines from it that weren't even that funny, but they just sounded funny. It'd be like, we, we could have a coupon day. That was hilarious to us. Yeah. <laughs> coupon day or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. One more thing about those family scenes is that this movie, like the not to jump too far ahead, but this movie, like a lot of classic 90s comedies. And actually, I think of this director, because the Liar Liar one is the one I remember the best, but it has the gag reel, like the blooper reel at the end. A lot of those are like the family scene, but there's one that really sticks out where it's like Jada Pickett saying, you know, like Eddie Murphy's really making me uncomfortable <laughs> with what he's saying as the brother. <laughs> it's just, no one's really laughing. Which is we. I don't think a lot of his lines as the brother got included because I don't remember his character having that much to say. He's a bit aggressive when she's at the table. Maybe they cut it out because he was saying a bunch of like creepy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, this isn't very funny. Miss <laughs> Purdy, let me tell you. That kiss was probably the most wonderful kiss I've ever. <clears throat> what I meant to say was that. Uh... Your lip. What? Your lip. Your lip is swollen. My lip. Yes. Oh, my lip. Oh, that happens every time I. I... What kind of lipstick do you have on? Chanel. Oh yeah, that happens every time I have Chanel lipstick on my lip. Uh, allergic reaction. Oh. Oh. 
Oh, excuse me, Gab. Look, uh, you won't have to go uh, catch a cab, and uh, I got to go to the drugstore and get some Benadryl uh, and a uh, uh, kale picnic. Excuse me. Have a pleasant evening. Bye-bye. Buddy, buddy, wait. So we talked about the nightclub, and, you know, Miss Purdy was very impressed with that whole act of violence. But uh, what we realize about the serum is that it doesn't last very long. And Buddy Love will start to regress back into Sherman Clump. And it's, of course, in the most comedic way, right? One part of his body will become fat, and then another part, and then another part. <laughs> but why is the first thing that becomes fat is his bottom lip? <laughs> His bottom lip isn't even that fat when yeah, he's fat. way fatter. <laughs> yeah. But all of a sudden he has this huge bottom lip. <laughs> I feel like you don't carry a lot of fat in, in your lips in general. So it was just very And weird. does his shoe size change that much when he becomes fat? It like breaks through the I shoe? I mean, it does seem like they have like added like fat stuff to his feet. I guess if he was just walking around with normal sized Eddie Murphy feet and the fat suit, you would think it was weird. So I guess you would have some fat distribution, especially if you were as overweight as he was. I think you said he was 400 pounds. At the end, his feet are like globs of CG fat, just like. Right. But there's like a bunch of like exaggerated cg body parts happening like much more massive than they are they're kind of like ballooning out and then going back in like because it's funny (laughs) (laughs) show is yeah so he (laughs) women be shopping yeah he says that it's an allergic reaction so he runs out of there real quick uh, apparently this was the the last straw for jada pinkett here like she's just like what the hell man everything was going great with that assault but he said he had an allergic reaction i can't believe he ran out so he runs out but as he is uh, ducking out of there jason from the lab who i forgot existed yeah i forgot he existed and then he showed up and suddenly he's very important to the story he's like oh is this uh professor clump's credit card you have there i don't know why the credit card was left up there or why he notices it but he's like yeah that's his credit card is he here and they're like oh that's him over there running out and he's like wait a minute that's not the professor so he goes into like uh, detective mode like he's gonna chase after him he's a cop he's gonna get the purse yeah jason's (laughs) on the case you know yeah that's so funny like this character has had nothing to do in this movie except for one scene and all of a sudden he's just like i'm gonna take this fucker down <laughs> he kind of looks like Polly shore he's got that same vibe that look the curly hair <laughs> Polly energy yeah yeah if it, if it was Polly shore like buddy <laughs> <laughs> you got the professor's credit card <laughs> yeah he gets into his vehicle he could have gotten killed <laughs> if this was like some thief who was like had nothing to lose. The fact that Buddy Love expenses what did they say like a forty-seven thousand dollar car on the university's credit card is an insane what? plot point of this movie. Why would he even have that much on the credit, uh, the credit <laughs> card for uh, faculty? And like, I, I don't know. The fact he got that he had a customized license plate too. It says like penis car or something <laughs> yeah. on the back. <laughs> And yet it also is, appears to be very tiny yeah. because when he becomes big, they have to get the jaws of life to get him out. And it's like, why would you get a tiny penis? Yeah. Car? <laughs> Jason says something that I used to say as a kid. It's kind of like how you used to pull random shit out of Jurassic Park. I would say, this is some Freddy Krueger shit, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey! Okay, 
Hey, fella, what are you doing with the professor's credit card? Where'd you get it? Look, man, I'm sorry. Perhaps you need the money more than I thought. Just... So he sees that happen. He sees him turn back into uh, Professor Clump right before his eyes and uh, realizes what's going on. So now Clump has a uh, a confidant in this whole situation. And he's got to feel the consequences the next day when Dean Richmond confronts him. You know, that's when he learns about the uh, the car put on the credit card. We talked about that. And this is where he very famously says, you know, if you don't perform well, when you uh, present to a donor on Friday or whatever it is, I will literally kill you. <laughs> he threatens to murder him. Call the cops at that point. Come on, man. <laughs> this man has a lot of pent up rage and he plays it wonderfully. Like you look at this dude and you see the fire in his eyes. But he can like shift gears too and just become the world's biggest kiss ass at the same yeah. time. Like, <laughs> Well, sir, I think that's a wonderful idea, sir. Absolutely. And I promise you, I will not let you down. You won't. I know you won't. I know you're going to be there, and I know you're going to be great. In fact, I know you're going to be perfect. <laughs> Do you know how I know all these things? How's that? I know them because if you're not perfect, never mind the yelling and the screaming and the firing, if anything goes wrong for any reason, I'm going to kill you. And I don't mean that as a euphemism. I'm going to literally kill you. I'm going to strangle you and... Choke off your air supply until you pass away. Clum's kind of fucking up as a professor. Like, he goes into his class and they're like, he's like, just read yesterday's lesson today. And then he just totally misses his second class. It's like, dude, we're going hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt for you to not show up and teach us chemistry. Like, I'd be pissed. Give us something for the debt, man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people at a like students at a university like this who are paying that much are they really the type of people that see like you know his belly is uh erasing the chalk as he's writing on the board and they're all laughing like a bunch of middle schoolers you know hee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like would they be doing that I don't know that's why I was conflicted Everyone's about so that mean. at the beginning because like you know like I said a lot of people seem to like really like him you know everyone's saying hey professor clump it's good old professor clump he runs into a student at the club and they seem to like him a lot but yet he is the subject of ridicule in the classroom well did the student like him or did he think it was weird his professor was at the scream because i feel like there was kind of that reaction like what hmm. maybe it was like oh he's got he's got a hot date go professor clump i got more of that vibe that he's happy for him but at the beginning it's like Clump is comfortable in his own skin, you know? That's what's so weird about his character arc. It's like he he's cool with being who he is at the beginning. He can kind of laugh at himself as he's knocking over the candy or erasing the chalkboard. It's just that when Miss Purdy shows up, he has this total crisis of confidence. I think he's sort of like laughing as a defense mechanism because okay, he's used yeah. to encountering this his whole life. Because uh, in the first scene with the family... 
he's talking about his experiments uh, to do with the fat gene or whatever with these hamsters. And uh, his dad keeps making fun of him. Like, he's just like, you're perfectly fine, fat. It's cool. And they have, like, all these arguments. Like, his family are just saying, like, why are you doing this? Like, it's cool. You can be fat and fart or whatever. <laughs> but, like, um, so I think he's just someone who is, is trying to be confident in himself, but he really isn't. And that's why he's, like, watching these uh, weight loss tapes, why he's doing yeah. all these experiments. And why eventually when he finally meets someone he falls in love with at first sight, he really wants to impress her, but he doesn't think that he's good enough for her. So this... that's why the the impetus of the movie, I guess. <laughs> I know it's like made from a 60s movie, but it it's kind of like lives in my head with like a goofy movie in Aladdin, right? Like there's this whole genre, <laughs> subgenre of movies of like lying and it's always a male protagonist, I think. I can't think of any other examples, but it's like lying to impress a girl, right? Yeah, like, you dude. Know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, it's always the most insane shit imaginable, too. And, and and it's like, oh, sure, you went to another dimension and then you switched with your evil twin and then you did this. and then. <laughs> but in the end, we really loved each other and they have a good laugh the end, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> they yeah. always take it very well. <laughs> You were talking about the tapes that Klump watches at home, like the weight loss stuff. And it's so of this time. Not only the Richard right. Simmons thing, which is called Lance Perkins in this movie, not to be confused with Tony Perkins, but there's also <laughs> like the Mega Shake, which is like the Slim Fast equivalent. You guys remember the Slim Fast thing right. being very prevalent in the 90s? Oh, yeah. My mom mm-hmm. used to buy Slim Fast all the time. There it is. <laughs> and then you see the Suzanne Summers like weight loss videos. Of Three's Company fame. Right. They they had those infomercials with her all the time. And uh, clearly he's tried a lot of different things before he gets to the, the hamster experiments. Yeah, before the Windex takes hold. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has a whole training montage and it seems to go well. You know, it's like in the beginning of the movie, he goes from not being able to run up the stairs to run up the stairs. Like, he shows improvement over the course of that montage. It's just... Not enough to hide from Dave Chappelle yeah. at the comedy show. <laughs> he does start to do very well. He's really going at it on that bag. And I know they're doing a yeah. lot of like direct Rocky references in that montage, right? The obvious one being at the very end with running up the steps and the camera circling around him. But he's got good timing on that bag. I'll say that. <laughs> a speed bag is not an easy thing. And he's doing it in a fat suit. I mean, that's pretty impressive for Eddie Murphy, huh? Mm-hmm. Oscar winner, Eddie Murphy. (laughs) So he goes back to being Sherman Klump, but decides to bring back Buddy Love because someone has to tend to Chunky Butt's sex life. He is now Buddy Love once again. (laughs) Dude, he goes, he says, Chunky Butt's is horny. (laughs) Like, it's it's a little extreme. (laughs) It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why, but... Wait a minute, you... You can't be you. We we agree that you wouldn't do this. Someone has to tend to Chunky Butt's sex life. Chunky Butt is extremely horny. Excuse me. Is this before or after the, the dinner scene with the family? Because he's already, like, Sherman's invited her to the, the dinner scene with the family earlier in the movie. Miss Purdy's just getting mixed signals all over the place. <laughs> but I know, like, there's some point where she's just like, yeah, I met your friend Buddy, and then he's just like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, forget about me, I'm gonna... I'm going to hook you up with Buddy. And then she's like, you sure? Ah, you're such a good friend. And then, I don't know. It just feels like, again, like, very mixed signals from everyone. 
The family scene when he brings her over, though, is pretty brutal. I don't know. It's just like they don't stop talking. Like there's no, there's not a half second of dead air in that scene. It's just rapid fire cuts to these different Eddie Murphy characters saying increasingly ridiculous shit. (laughs) It's exhausting. Some of the lines are funny, but because they don't stop, like it's kind of like you you end the scene like relieved that like there's a moment of silence for a second. Oh, baby, eat some bread. <laughs> oh, Miss Purdy, are you and Sherman having relations? That's a good question. Uh, uh, no, Grandma, it's not like like that. Uh, we're, we're colleagues. Oh. We just work together. Oh, yeah, that's how I start out, colleagues. Me and your grandfather was colleagues. Next thing you know, he's on top of me in the shed, pumping and sweating. Yeah, Mo's not like that. Sherman, will you hush up? You never brought a girl home. The least you can do is let us talk to her. Yeah, I'd like to get to know her a little better myself. Ain't nothing wrong with admiration. Don't be ashamed. Admiration is beautiful. And again, why on earth would Sherman Clump bring anyone, let alone his love interest, around these people? Like, they're the fucking worst. Yeah, there's like saying all these inappropriate things to her. Like, they're just like, oh, well, uh, you could borrow my wedding dress if you guys get married, but it's white. You can wear white, right? And then they start talking about, like, Sherman being a virgin. And, I mean, I guess he... He loses his virginity in this movie as Buddy Love? Yes, he does. And I want to get to that there at the Ritz where there's like a presentation to be had with one of the potential donors of the college. Sherman was supposed to do it, but Sherman has turned into Buddy, who now has a date with Carla Purdy. Pappy, maybe you can kind of tell us about Buddy's presentation. Mm -hmm. I think we get to see kind of his true colors here. Hmm. First of all, I'm a big fan of all of Buddy Love's suits in this movie. I think he looks sharp. They're very I good. like the red sh- very fly. I like the red suit wild tie that he has. But he basically the presentation at the Ritz. First of all, he takes her to the Ritz and he's planning on taking her up to a room. So he's, he's you know. Oh, and he didn't tell her that either. Of. Like he's like she thought it was just dinner and then he's like, "Oh yeah, but also the hotel room." So, little skeevy extremely shady move yeah Yeah. but he becomes basically the dave Chappelle insult comic and starts you know levying fat jokes on everybody in the room to to like because because like that's the part that the rich donor wouldn't understand right like what what an overweight person looks like not how the formula works but but what he's talking about in terms of weight loss Professor Love, don't you think that Mr. Hartley would like to know what that means in lay terms? <laughs> oh, you mean rich dummy terms? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'll break it down for all the rich dummies in the room. Listen up. If you're going to eat nasty stuff like this, I know it looks good and some of y'all like pork chop, but this greasy, nasty pork chop, do you realize that there's a gene in your DNA that routes this straight to your fat cells and it causes all sorts of unsightly conditions? Case in point, this woman is suffering from what I like to call jello arms. You notice the arm is taking on a gelatin sort of vibe and it's quite nasty. Now to my left, this gentleman has turkey neck and to my immediate left, this woman is suffering from what we like to call saddlebag syndrome. And to my extreme left, this young lady is suffering from what I like to call tank ass. Oh brother, please sit down. Not tonight. I don't know. This is like the testosterone taking over at this point. But like we talked about, he starts to pick up three different or three models who are there at the Ritz kind of minding their own business. And obviously Miss Purdy is not a fan of him flirting with all these different women in the room, causing some tension there. And like his presentation, like what Sherman's been researching 
is what's supposed to be presented here. It basically amounts to you take a serum and you get skinny. Right? Yeah. And this guy's very interested in that. Dean Harlan Hartley. <laughs> or the Dean and Harlan Hartley. But what's worse is like the rich donor guy is impressed by all of this. Like the rich donor guy just wants to give this money away so badly. He doesn't care if it's to clump <laughs> or to buddy love. It's like he's just buying whatever anybody is selling. He's he's into it. He's like, what a great presentation. Yeah, like all he did was scream and then talk about like fat and skinny people. And then he's just like, ah, yes, I love it. He's so charming, even though we, we see no demonstration of that. Uh, even with the models, it's like, why are they charmed by him? I don't know. Like I was saying, everybody, where there's a will, there's a way, and there is a way we can turn these genes off. And I'm not talking about using exercise or diet. I'm talking about by taking a simple solution that helps reconstruct your metabolic cellular strands, thus giving you the appearance of, as they say in medical terms, gluteus minimus, or in layman's terms, an extremely tight, wonderful ass. Let's get a big round of applause for the woman with the nice ass, huh? Ass is so nice, don't you agree? She's worked so hard. Have a seat, have a seat. And, like, the whole room applauds him, right? Yeah, for just insulting a bunch of people. (laughs) Including the people that were insulted. Yeah, yay! Whatever that was about. I don't know. Do they even have context of what he's talking about with this demonstration? (laughs) No, they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Shut up, science bitch. (laughs) Yeah, shut up, science bitch! (laughs) But yeah, he he comes out with the women and like, uh, Purdy is having none of it. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to get out of here. And he's like, whatever. uh, More titties for me. So (laughs) goes to, brings them to his house. To, to Sherman's house to have, uh, I guess, a four-way? Was there three of them? I don't know. Some, some sex mm-hmm. plays going on. They wreck the whole house. Hey, well, hey, where you going? What's your problem? They're my problem. You can handle all three of them, huh? Well, I thought after dinner you might want to have a little group activity. I mean, after all, but it does have a lot of love to give. Oh, you are one sick, twisted freak. Oh, come on, Carla. What's the Hey, hey, hey! Go on, leave! More titties over here anyway! I think I want them two titties. I have six titties and I had two titties. Now I have six. That's multiplication. (laughs) Buddy Love is obsessed with titties. That's all he talks about is bags, counting them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Complimenting them. Doing the math. Yeah. (laughs) And this is when he loses his virginity, isn't it? To these models? Unless Buddy had, like, sex, like, and we just didn't see it on screen. Yeah, no, this is 100% when it happens. Like, (laughs) why would you do that? And they don't even address it either. I feel like that would be a big moment, especially for someone who was so not confident in himself, hadn't really brought a woman around. The fact that he he's did never that. had relations. Yeah, he's never had relations yeah. with anyone. And all of a sudden he had it with like three models. Uh, and he can't even remember it either. Maybe there should have been like, I don't know, a moment of clarity there for him. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The the part that strikes me as weird, too, is that they have this giant party, right, in uh, Professor Klump's apartment, which I actually do like his apartment before they totally wreck it. It's a pretty nice place. Other than his downstairs neighbor. Mr. Person nice. didn't like it. He didn't like his noise. Yeah. Miss Purdy comes in and she's like, damn, Sherman, you live like this? <laughs> and she was just like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. It's like, dude, that would be 
that would be insane. Like just the amount of alcohol bottles strewn about the place. <laughs> He's like, oh, my maid hasn't come around. <laughs> He's like pulling like women's underwear off his door. Like if she didn't see the women, what would she think was happening there? Right. Yeah, exactly. She's just kind of rolling with it at that point. Once she sees the women, then that's a bridge too far. Like not, not, not the underwear, not the condition of the apartment. It's, oh, Buddy Love brought these girls over. Yeah. She thinks that he's a big old pervert and he's sharing women with Buddy and she wants no part of these weird sex games. Absolutely. She is completely done with all versions of Eddie Murphy at this point. <laughs> and honestly, good for her. That's honestly where her part of the movie should end. She should just be like, okay, that's great that you've found yourself, but I can't do this yeah. <laughs> anymore, man. You got to work on yourself for a little bit before I get involved in your life. So Sherman has had enough of Buddy Love, right? Buddy has caused a lot of problems for him. Losing Miss Purdy losing his job he's not going to transform anymore he's made the decision but buddy kind of has a trick up his sleeve where he mixed some of the serum into sherman's mega shake so sherman unknowingly inadvertently drinks some of it transforms into eddie murphy into or into buddy love he already is eddie murphy he yeah. transforms into you know original recipe eddie murphy <laughs> how did he uh slip the serum into a closed can you know what? I thought about that. Don't know the answer. <laughs> How did he do it? <laughs> the man's a scientist, okay? <laughs> Buddy Love is doing a lot, like, outside of the scope of the movie. Like, he's going to the DMV, getting customized license plates. He's re-welding oh, yeah. yeah, It's a real cans. fight club scenario. Like, there's a lot yeah. happening that we don't see with this other personality. He's recording <laughs> tapes for, like, Sherman to find when he's become himself again. <laughs> That's right. He's leaving clues. He's making trips to car dealerships. Mr. Policeman, I left you all the clues. <laughs> oh, another spoilers classic. <laughs> that you picked, right, Corey? Yep. The snowman? <laughs> another episode I hosted and picked. Beautiful. So, Pappy, maybe you can kind of intro us to where this leads at the end of the movie, which is the alumni ball which is really the final presentation to be made to Harlan Hartley by now Buddy Love. Mm-hmm. So the alumni ball, swanky event, one of the biggest events uh, for Dean Larry Miller every year. He's got to woo the donors. He's kissing ass. He's not doing a, a great job of kissing ass. He's kind of missing in, you know, like mixing in light sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah, the guests. Dude, he's <laughs> such a weasel. <laughs> Like your, your standard run-of-the-mill compliments. It's a little bit weird. Your table's upstairs. That's another joke. <laughs> when did you marry Sharon Stone? <laughs> Keep those legs crossed. <laughs> Hartley, damn it. And where the hell is Buddy Love? No sign of him yet, sir. Right, here's an idea. Find him! Yes, sir. But Buddy Love shows up, steals the scene, as, as he was. I, sh- I should mention that there's also uh, Sherman's family is there reacting all to all of this his parents at least so we're seeing that yeah standing perfectly still but reacting <laughs> mm-hmm. and buddy loves plan is he's got a giant vial of this like blue glowing serum and I, I guess apparently if you drink enough of it it will make the transformation permanent i don't know if that's been proven at any point or how buddy love could possibly 
possibly know <laughs> he, that. He's a scientist, but like, it wouldn't it be so funny if he just drank it and then he turned into a pile of goo, like at the end of the Super yeah. Mario Brothers movie? You know, like he de-evolves <laughs> so much. Trust the fungus. Another big dumb movie classic. <laughs> <laughs> You would think the effects of the testosterone, like we, I, I watched a lot of baseball at this time in the 90s, and I saw the effects of taking too much testosterone. It's pretty obvious when someone's juicing <laughs> like this. So it's going to have severe detrimental effects to the, the size of his head and, and everything. But Is this the only uh, recorded instance of uh, extra testosterone making someone's dick bigger? A hundred percent. Yeah. And cleared up his back acne yeah. somehow. <laughs> Amazing. All on the same chromosome, like we said. But Jason, Jason is the fucking hero of this movie. Yeah. He's, he's the true north of this movie. He comes in and punches Buddy Love <laughs> to save the day. I did really, I actually laughed when he's, he runs in and he's like, this man's attempting to murder Sherman Clump. And then his family is like, they're like, no, I brought my knife with me. I'm ready. Like, they're <laughs> immediately, yeah. they have weapons ready. Right. <laughs> they have no context for any of this, but they're like, no, I brought my knife with me. We're good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for my final demonstration, look out, David Copperfield. I'm about to make a 400 pound fat man. Disappear forever! No! Wait! I cannot let you do this anymore! This has got to stop! This man is trying to kill Professor Sherman Clump! That's it, I'm glad I brought my knife. Mm-hmm, and I got my razor. And the mom just says she has a razor, which is like the most gangster shit I've ever heard of. Like, <laughs> like a, I imagine like a straight razor, like a shaving razor. She's going to cut yeah. someone with. There's one line that I'm ashamed that I'm laughed at, but the dad goes to the mom. Like the mom's like freaking out, obviously. He goes, don't worry, we'll leave in a minute. And I don't know why that's so funny, but it's like, dude, he's talking about you murdered your son. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll leave in a minute. <laughs> it's just this funny thing to say to comfort yeah. him. I I don't know. I think the '90s CGI actually looks pretty good for like the Did you? the internal conflict. I I mean, for '96, I think it's fine, right? Like I don't know. Like it's not Independence Day, which <laughs> came out the same weekend, but it, <laughs> I feel like it could look way worse. I guess I don't know. I mean, like for the time, I think it was fine, but I do think the this fine. particular yeah. transformation sequence where he's like going in and out of being Sherman and Buddy and. Uh, body parts are inflating and deflating. I feel like that holds up the least. They had to use like CGI to transition from right. like the practical effects to like you know standard recipe Eddie Murphy. So like when he gets like the long face, for example, when his face like droops down to his stomach, that was actually a practical effect. But they had to like kind of mask it with CGI. So it was kind of that classic like they painted over it, and you know. The transitions I don't think work super well, but there are moments in there that look really good, I think, especially for the time. It's just kind of goofy looking, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe this is just more a testament to Eddie Murphy. And it's like, you know, it's nothing. It's no Evil Dead 2, right? Like him <laughs> fighting his own hand type thing. Like, I don't, Yeah, it's no I don't know. It's Superman okay. 3. Yeah. It's no liar, liar, you know, <laughs> fighting yourself kind of situation <laughs> right. you know he's standing yeah. in one spot 
and he's like going through this situation where he's becoming Sherman Clump, he's becoming Buddy Love, and he's at war with himself, and you know, one's kind of overtaking the other. It's not that interesting, really, of like a way to kind of cap off the finale, but whatever, it's okay for what it is. And this movie, considering how short it is, it's fine. It's really like an in and out movie. 90 minutes and you're done. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. like it, it felt uh, slightly embarrassing, but didn't feel too long. <laughs> slightly embarrassing. <laughs> Somebody better call an exorcist! Jamie! Jamie! You can't beat me! This is some scary shit! Yes, I can! Jamie, come back here! After that scene where he does the transformation, eventually uh, Sherman uh, takes control. He apologizes to everyone. Uh, he walks away, and then they continue with the party as if, like, that didn't just happen. Like, yeah. no one goes after him except for Miss Purdy. And it's like, if that happened, do you think anyone would be like, yeah, let's continue this fundraising party? A man <laughs> just transformed back and forth yeah. between his fat self and his evil skinny self. And and he's just like, oh, sorry about that. And then walks away. Multiple assaults have occurred on stage yeah, here. Yeah. Maybe there's, we there's a lot of shit going on. And that fundraising guy is just like, yeah, I'm going to give him the money. And it's like, why? Why would you do that after that? <laughs> He'll kill us all. You know what? I can't think of a better use of this $10 million. Than <laughs> give it to this. For this thing that clearly had horrific implications. This yeah. is He saw the results of this and it was bad. <laughs> so... The part of the scene that I can't stand, it just makes me cringe and like my skin crawl is like when he's dancing with Miss Purdy and everyone from the movie is like clapping for him like, oh, get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's just so stupid. <laughs> I, ugh, I hate that so much. It it really bothers me and I don't know why because it's just so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it's so dumb. Why didn't his family go after him? No one went after him when he when he left. He's got like no shoes on because his feet have burst out from from his shoes. He's wandering around. Well, they have to stand in that exact spot the whole time. <laughs> they can't move right? from those shots. Stand on your motherfucking mark and don't move. Yeah. Everyone's just continuing about like they were eating hors d'oeuvres and had drinks in their hand. You could see him in the background just chatting all casual while he's having his uh, talk with Miss Purdy where uh, he finds out that she uh, she liked him all along. And um, I did kind of like when he says that uh, he's going to lose weight, but he's always going to be big. So kind of like they didn't say like, oh, he, all of a sudden he's going to be skinny or whatever. Like he's just sort of accepting himself for who he is. Yeah, 
and yeah, that's what he talks about, really. It's a matter of, like, self-acceptance. And that's kind of like the, uh, the final thought or the character arc here. And I do like that. Pappy, how do you think this compares to uh, another movie we talked about on Big Dumb Movie, Heavyweights? <laughs> Heavyweights is way fucking better. Yeah, like a million <laughs> billion times better of a movie. Yeah, I don't know. The, Dr. Doolittle doesn't have any uh, yep. Tony Perkins equivalent, right? Like, we need we need a character on that level. Well, you mean Nutty it. Professor. Dr. Doolittle doesn't oh, have yeah. it either. Sorry. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nutty Professor. As That's an aside, I mean. Dr. Doolittle yeah. doesn't have a Tony Perkins. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but I don't think it has one. <laughs> I think it'd be better if it did. Every movie would be better with Tony Perkins. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, this movie doesn't feel very heartfelt to me, right? Like, it's like... To land that plane of, like, the emotional resonance of, like, you know, that message working, you can't be, like, talking out of the other side of your mouth and then making fun of, like, how fat this person is right. the whole movie, too, right? So it's like, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie, there were so many times, like I said, where it was almost there. Like, it almost hit something that would have aged a little less like milk, <laughs> there's some parts that still make me laugh I do think that there are funny performances I think on a technical level uh, it is really impressive and I think they deserve the Oscar for the makeup it is something that's a little bit embarrassing to watch now though but I mean there's some nostalgia for it that I have Uh, not necessarily as a beloved film but just of that time I guess yeah same Mm. it's more like it reminds me of a time in my life and I like am nostalgic for that time in my life more so than this movie. With a lot of movies I look back on, like I remember where I was. I moved a lot as a kid. I remember where I was watching this, sitting on the floor of my living room, cross-legged, and uh, that was a good time. This movie, though, it's, it's not really the kind you come back to rewatch. I think we'll talk more about that in a second in ratings. Before we do ratings, do you guys have any final thoughts? Anything about the movie we didn't talk about? The song Macho Man? It's kind of a jam. <laughs> bookends the movie <laughs> cool creative choice thank god the only thing the thing that we didn't talk about it's kind of an open hole but sherman is evicted from his apartment like there's a lot of fallout that's gonna happen that eviction like, notice was also posted inside so what yeah. <laughs> and it was double-sided you could read yeah. it from both sides <laughs> oh my goodness eviction notice <laughs> Uh, there's a joke that I think is funny by Reggie. <laughs> I don't have the full context. I just wrote down two words. Slim, slow. <laughs> that one worked for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Slim Fast was like a, something of a bygone era. <laughs> yeah. I think Slim Fast still exists, though, doesn't it? Does it? I okay. feel like it does, but it's just not as huge as it used to be. Like, no one's promoting the Slim Fast diet. Yeah. Not quite the phenomenon. Yeah. All right, let's get into ratings, and we'll start with Pappy. Pappy, on any rating scale you want, what are you going to give The Nutty Professor? I'm going to give it two and a half out of five Eddie Murphys. And I feel like I'm being generous there. It's okay. Like I said, I think deep, deep down, its heart actually is in the right place, but then it's got to, like 
couch all of that like actual sentiment about accepting yourself and the whole arc that Sherman goes on with a bunch of like times where it wants the audience to point and laugh at how fat he is. And that is the joke. Like I said, like in general, I guess it's just more of like a cool thing. Like if you're into like the making of movies or like, I guess thinking about like what went on in a movie behind the scenes that he's playing all this, these different characters. But I also don't know if it's like ultimately in service to the final product. Like I think it's just more of like you're going to get more butts and seats if like in the trailer you can say Eddie Murphy as Eddie Murphy as Eddie Murphy <laughs> as. And it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Let's let's see what that's all about. So I probably won't watch this again. I don't want to watch the second one. <laughs> I honestly thought, so there's that movie Christmas with the Cranks, right? I thought it was Christmas with the Clumps. I thought there was yeah. like a holiday special. This. <laughs> no, I was totally wrong. Totally different movie. But you know, props to Eddie Murphy. I think he is a really good actor and he's a, a force of personality, right? Like, and he's interesting. He's had an interesting career. People are drawn to him. He plays five different parts in this movie, but I'm not getting a lot out of this. Two and a half out of five Eddie Murphys. Thank you very much, Pappy. I'm going to go up next, and I'm going to give this one three out of ten mega shakes. (laughs) I don't think this movie is very good. It really gets a small amount of points for living in a very nostalgic place for me. And this is going to sound kind of weird, but I think the most interesting parts of this movie to watch are the scenes that include Reggie, the two scenes that have him as the stand-up comic. Not that they're particularly good or funny or well-executed, but they seem to live the most prominently in my mind when I think back to this movie. You know, seeing the uh, whole fat suit thing, it's a little bit maybe played out nowadays with like the Medea movies and like Big Mama's House. But this was kind of a cool new thing at the time, seeing the person dress up this way, get all these amazing special effects done on them, and then playing multiple parts in this case. A pioneer of the art form. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, it's still not as good as Coming to America was. Those characters were more interesting. The movie was more clever, just a better made way better movie overall coming to America but this movie I guess has some kind of like deep-seated nostalgic place in my heart but it's pretty fucking bad not a very good one the good thing about it is that it clips right along it's very quick like I said it's 90 minutes it might seem rushed at times particularly when it comes to relationships but that's fine you know it's a it's an in and out 90s comedy those are my favorite reviews when we say, well, it could be longer. So I'll give it points for being shit. Yeah. Half star bonus for that. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, Allison, on any rating scale you want, what are you going to give the Nutty Professor? I feel like I'm probably going to be a little more generous than you guys. Um, I'll give it a six out of ten fart jokes. <laughs> I think like hey, it's like uh, a little it's above average there's some nostalgia there um, but it hasn't aged very well it's just one of those things where I feel like they they sort of had an idea in mind and I think that they were ambitious with it and uh, I think Eddie Murphy's performance uh, for better or worse was impressive because um, they were all distinct characters and I think it was it was interesting that it started that kind of trend <laughs> So yeah, that's what I'm going to give it. 
Very nice. Yeah, and shout out to the grandma. You know, she had some good moments. Maybe <laughs>、yeah. went a little too long with some of them, but some good moments sprinkled in there for sure. It's also an example of a, a comedy using improv lines, but not basing the entire movie on it. The reason those lines stood out to people and they were so funny is because they were few and far between. You don't want the whole movie to be rambling like those scenes,、mm-hmm. which a lot of them do now. So we're looking at you, Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like an Apatow movie where they're just sitting there riffing for five minutes、yeah. and then they just take whatever's left.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> the table scraps. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> Thought this was interesting, Corey. Sorry, just one other thing. I just finished my play again on Amazon, and the categories for this movie are science fiction first, <laughs> then comedy, <laughs> outlandish, and passionate. Passionate. <laughs> That's a genre now. Hey, you want to watch a passionate movie tonight? Yeah, let's turn on the Nutty Professor.、Yeah. So、well, you、passionate. know, you want to watch a '90s sci-fi. You got like Sphere. You got、uh, Fifth <laughs> Element. Terminator Two, Johnny Mnemonic, <laughs> Independence Day, and the Nutty Professor. It was the 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 sci-fi head to head Independence Day and Nutty Professor. All the sci-fi <laughs> nerds are like, which one are we going to? I'm just torn.、Yeah. <laughs> What an all-time weekend for sci-fi fans, right? <laughs> yeah, and fans of passion. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really into passion. <laughs> Sorry, one more question. Do you think they're gonna make this again? Are we done with Nutty Professors? I feel like it's got to happen again.、Right? <laughs> History is doomed to repeat itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think if it happens, they'd bring back Eddie Murphy.、Mm. I I could see them maybe doing a belated three for nostalgia. I'm not sure if they would do a remake yet, but maybe like you know on Disney Plus or something. <laughs> I guess they don't own the rights. Whoever owns <laughs>、yeah. it, it's Universal, is it? It is. A peacock original. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we're talking. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for being here. This has been a very fun episode. Something I've been looking forward to greatly. It has been so nice to collaborate with you, Allison. I have followed you for so long in terms of like your videos. When the room video came out, when you were Obscurus Lupa back in the day, oh man, huge influence on me. Really,、and、wow. You and other content creators like Lindsay Ellis and Dominic Noble are a big part of the reason why I do what I do. Hugely influential on me. So I just want to say I'm a big fan of your work, and I want to give you an opportunity to shout out what it is you do and where people can find you, so they can hear more of you. I'm sure they'll want to after this episode. Oh well, thank you so much, man.、That's、such a nice thing to say. You you were there from the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, if if people don't know what I do, um, I think I've been hyped up in this podcast a lot. But uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com/slash/MovieNightsTheSeries or YouTube.com/slash/AtAllisonPregler,、uh, and I talk about so bad it's good movies. I talk about every single episode of Baywatch. Episode by episode, and、uh, I do Star Trek videos, all sorts of TV and movies, and I try to be funny with it, <laughs> and、uh, hopefully I am. And you can also find me on Twitter at Allison Pregler. Very nice. Have you done Sub Rosa yet of Next Generation? Oh yeah, yeah, that was one of the early Trek ones I did. <laughs> the, okay, the Ghost、good. Fucker episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am surprised that one slipped by me. 
you know, Tuvix, of course, is an all-timer. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But I want to give people a, a particular series of videos to check out of Allison's, and that is the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen videos. You guys have done, you and your husband have done a bunch of videos on their movies, including like How the West Was Fun. But I know a lot of these are really old, but I think it's like some of your best work and it's some of my favorite videos to go back and rewatch. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. I absolutely love the videos you've done on those. Oh, thank you. I had a lot of fun doing those. That's something that, speaking of nostalgia, you know, I rented those movies all the time. Um, I was the, the core demographic for Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, so it's really fun to revisit those. And of course, um, my husband, Phelan, he, uh, he has no nostalgia for this, so it's yeah. really fun to, we do like triple features uh, for the shorter ones where we watch like one of their shorts or an episode of one of their shows or something like that and pit three of them against each other and... Yeah, those are a lot of fun to do. I should do another one. <laughs> I love his sarcastic takes and, you know, those Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, like, green screen montages are legendary. <laughs> those are so funny to watch. It's Yeah, it's, it's amazing watching those as an adult because it's so awkward. Like, I really do, like, I feel bad for them, but um, it is kind of interesting to see that moment in time where they were just a, a phenomenon. Absolutely. And of course, my other special guest, less famous, happy of spoilers. <laughs> but I've been an equally big impact on your life, Corey, right? Like you admire my work for for years. I'm a big fan, Pappy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pappy, you can also hear Corey on spoilers. Uh, I guess the only call to action, make sure you... Uh, if you're listening to this episode, reach out to Corey and tell him how much you appreciate it. He works really hard. We got a cool guest like Allison. It was great to meet you. Yeah, great to meet Allison. you too. So in any capacity, yeah, just like um, leave a review on whatever platform, reach out to him, send him an email, whatever. Just let him know that you like what you're doing because I love this podcast. It's always a good time talking about big dumb movies with you. Thank you so much. Again, thank you both for being here. It's been a very fun time. If you, the listeners, want to write in, you can email me at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. I think the most effective way to get in contact with me, however, is Instagram, which is Big Dumb Movie Podcast. Let me know what you'd like to hear more of, if you have any special guest recommendations, movie requests. Send me a message. I'll get back to you. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a positive rating and written review there. On YouTube, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment on our videos. Even if you don't listen to us on YouTube, just check us out there. It'll help us out a lot. YouTube has not been very successful lately, so I'm hoping that, you know, with your guys' help, we can get it back up in terms of numbers. That's about it for this episode. Have had a wonderful time. Thank you guys very much for listening. We love you, and good night. <laughs>